0: Hey Dragons, welcome to episode 24 of the podcast. This episode is with Zeke Payton. He is a guy who works over at Cellar 3 by Green Flash Brewing Company. I met him while on a brewery tour, and normally the tour lasts a half hour, 45 minutes. Zeke and I ended up talking for over two hours just about beer. You will be amazed at the knowledge it takes to create brew beer as well as when you do the stuff that Cellar 3 is doing, including uh, making sour beers, barrel-aged beers, sour barrel-aged beers. Anyways, I'm going to let Zeke take it away. Really awesome guy. Anytime I'm down in San Diego, I usually try to hit him up. And you know what? Pay attention to him. This kid has a plan. He's going to go places. Uh, he's I believe he's like 25 years old right now, so it would not surprise me in the next five to ten years if you could find a beer he himself is making all over the United States if not uh, only in Southern California so here we go the Hey Dragons, my name is Kenny Rotter, welcome back to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today I'm excited to be joined by Zeke from Green Flash Brewing Company's Cellar
1: 3 out in San Diego. Zeke, how you doing man? Pretty good Kenny, nice to uh, chat with you again. Excellent,
0: um, I'm excited that you're here. You and I met when I was visiting Cellar 3. I uh, Our 45-minute tour turned into a two-hour tour just because you and I were talking beer the entire time. You know, that'll happen. (laughs) That'll happen. Uh, When beer lovers meet people knowledgeable about beer, they end up talking about beer for a very long time. That's why we're there. (laughs) And uh, for everyone who's listening, both you and I are drinking beer
1: right now. Sadly, neither of us are drinking anything from Cellar 3. You know, you'd have thought I'd remember to bring some beer home yesterday <laughs> when I left work. Completely forgot.
0: <laughs> uh, and I, same thing, I actually meant to pick up a couple bottles, and just, my my father-in-law was in town for Father's Day, and just everything kind of just went way over my head on that one. But
1: uh, in case anybody wants to drink along <laughs> with us, what are you drinking? I am working on a beer by a good San Diego friend of ours, uh, it's from Modern Times, It's called Funky Universal Friends. It's a Pinot Grigio Must Saison, and it's aged in white wine barrels. That
0: sounds delicious.
1: Oh, it is.
0: Something we were talking about earlier. My wife loves white wine, so I think she actually might enjoy that one. there you go. I am drinking the Pirate Oki from Prairie Artisan uh, Ales out in Oklahoma City. It is a... Imperial brown ale aged in rum barrels, and
1: you very much can taste the rum barrel. Rum's assertive like that. The one we have, it just comes across nice and clear. Yeah, which one's that? It's called Eloquent Fermento. It's a Belgian stout. and It's aged in rum barrels. It comes out about 14.5%. Oh. Uh, got real sweet on the nose. Very, very smooth beer. Uh, you still get a little bit of the Belgian, a little bit of the stout in there, but the rum is definitely dominant at the end.
0: Oh, that sounds delicious. I need to go back. I need to go back. Um, Come down anytime, man. <laughs> you know what? For only being like two, two and a half hours away, I don't make it down to San Diego nearly as much as I should. But I could say the same thing about L.A. All right. Um, I will be back in your neck of the woods um, last weekend or second to last weekend in July for San Diego Comic
1: Con. So hopefully I'll be able to swing by. Yeah, come on up. If not, uh, go swing by the tent at the beer festival. Say hey to the gals. They should be down there and should be pouring some cool beer. Where's that? Fill me in. There's a beer festival every year at Comic Con. It should be right down at the Waterfront Park. Oh, that's awesome. Why have I never known about this? This is ridiculous. Right? It's San Diego. There has to be beer somewhere. Right? <laughs> you go to a Padres game, they got a beer festival. You and I, on our on our
0: two-hour beer tour... <clears throat> Got to know each other fairly well. But tell everybody else out there a little bit about yourself,
1: what you do for uh, Green Flash, what you do for Cellar 3. All right. So, uh, my name is Zeke. I work in the beer industry, obviously. I grew up in Maryland. I went to UMD, so University of Maryland, go terps. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was a kinesiology major. I think I started homebrewing when I was about 19. And one day, you know, I just bought a new piece of equipment. There's two kind of ways you can get your fermentable sugars in beer. You can use malt extract or you can make the extract yourself. So that's called all grain. finally got the equipment to do. This. this is like a big step up for home brewers. And my buddy wanted to do this and bottle on the same day, which is a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> so we started at maybe 4 PM, you know, we're drinking beers and we're hanging out, having a good time. Next thing we know we're finished. It's 4 AM and I'm <laughs> sitting here like, Jesus, that was a long day. But, uh, you know, if that's a 12-hour workday, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So ever since, it's just been finding out a way to get into the beer industry, and that's why I'm in San Diego. Uh came out here, actually, oddly enough, wanted to work for Green Flash. It was one of the only breweries I knew much about. It was right down the road from my sister, loved all the beer. And after hounding them for about a year, mm, yeah, about a year, I finally got a job in the tour department, uh, which is where I am currently. So it's kind of our job to uh, extend that customer experience and get people really involved and relay the brewing process and what we do. And now Cellar 3, the barrel aging process with our customers. So, you know, barrel aged beer is kind of this big mystery and being in the tour department there, we're really looking to break that down and kind of make it a little more accessible for people, which is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely like when we first showed up at Cellar 3, I was of the mindset, I've been on one beer tour, I've been on them all, but then I realized Cellar 3, you've got all this sour stuff going on, the barley stuff going on, that there was
1: so much that I did not know. And that's the beauty of the facility. You know, you go on a beer tour, you talk about brewing and beer. Obviously, we're going to talk about beer at Cellar 3, but we don't even have a brew house. You know, it's like I was telling you, we get all our beer or our work shipped over to us. So we can't even boil water over our facility. We're kind of relying on the main brewery to get that done for us. And then we take it from the end of the brewing process on forward. Yeah. So where do you want to go from here, man? Ooh, from here. Yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, I'm having fun. I just want to keep having fun, obviously. <laughs> I'd love to keep working in beer. Uh, one day I'd like to you know, own my own brewery. I love barrel-aged sour beer. Uh, you know, I got a good buddy. We see eye-to-eye on a lot of beer things. So we'd love to start a brewery. Uh, where we get the money for that, I don't know. But we kind of <laughs> gear ourselves towards getting that done.
0: There you go, man. And until then, I'm sure you're getting a lot of great experience and meeting a lot of great people over at Green Flash. Yeah, and making some uh, some fun beer in his mom's garage along the way. <laughs> there you go. See, I I am not a brewer. You and I have talked about this. Do, starting something at 4 p.m. and then finishing at 4 a.m. to not even have, be able to drink it for another month or two, not appealing to me. I I can see that. I am a heart, like, I love drinking a good, a good quality beer. I do not have the patience for
1: brewing, which is why I thank God that there are people in the world like you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what they say about brewing? It's like 85% cleaning, 10% taking notes, and then 5% of it's actually brewing. Yeah. So yeah. most of the time you're just cleaning stuff and looking at a pot. <laughs> All
0: right. So, tell us about some uh, someone you admire, a superhero, a fictional
1: hero, source of inspiration. So, uh, growing up in Baltimore, uh, you know, big Orioles fan. I think everyone in town is Orioles fan. Not quite a fictional dude, uh, very real guy. his name's Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, I think everybody who was born in 1990 and liked baseball and you know was from Baltimore looks up to him. He's baseball's Iron Man. The guy played. 2,632 straight games. That's 16 seasons without missing a game. That's insane. The guy's humble, hardworking, driven. Like, always loved Cal.
0: That's awesome. And that's, that, that's a hell of a work ethic. Right? Like, I I've taken a vacation in my, you know, seven years of professional work experience. So I can't imagine
1: never missing a game. Yeah, it's nuts and you know, to do that through all the little nagging injuries that you get. I mean, this guy was healthy enough to play for sixteen years. Who does that? and Jr. There you go. <laughs> Alright, so
0: aside from beer and baseball, do you have a favorite area of nerdiness?
1: Um say like the conventional standard of nerdiness. Game of Thrones immediately comes to mind, but who doesn't love Game of Thrones? I think you have to like not be human. Last night was insane. Oh. And I'll just leave it there.
0: No, um, I caught up this this morning. Um and it's okay, this is not gonna we have a rule here, our spoiler rule is three days. And okay. this is not going to air within the next two days, so we're fine spoiling it. It was the episode, the bastards, or uh, the battle of the bastards. Yeah, wow. Which the Starks are back, man. Right. Um, For a minute there, you didn't know. For a uh, minute, you were like, oh, maybe not. I I was so stoked. That was one of the one of the best episodes. And like, I remember watching that first season of Game of Thrones, and I was like, God, I hate Sansa. And then now I'm just like, get it, Sansa.
1: Yeah, that that last scene with her uh, walking away from Ramsay was with the perfection. Face. Yeah, that was so perfectly
0: timed.
1: <laughs> I mean, usually we'll save Silicon Valley for after Game of Thrones just to lighten the mood because something traumatic just happened. And this week they flipped the script on us. Silicon Valley was kind of depressing.
0: See, I haven't I haven't watched the episode yet. I'm going
1: to do that as soon as I jump off here with you ooh, it's a good one. it's a good one yeah
0: well i've I've been kind of thinking that there has to be something the hammer has to drop on that show because they've been winning too much recently, yep, too much good things too many good things have happened to them,
1: and we've seen it happen once or twice yeah. so yeah some something's gonna go down soon <laughs> for sure uh but yeah, aside from that other other areas I'm pretty nerdy about uh beer, obviously we talked about, but national parks. Yeah, I'm a huge national parks nerd. Yeah, man, I can sit here and talk to you. I've been to probably 20, 21 U.S. national parks, a couple in Canada. Uh, that's if I could do one thing, just travel around national parks, landscape photography.
0: That's awesome. Uh, you need to check out my buddy's stuff. Uh, Ted Davis photography. He, okay. That, that's what he does. He travels around and does natural landscape photography. Oh, that's so epic! Yeah, I've got I've got a couple of his pieces in my house. You gotta check them out. I'll forward you the info. Awesome! Thanks, man. For sure. Uh, Now, what's you might have just covered
1: it, but what is one thing that you're into that others might find surprising? Um, so that's definitely one. Another would be cooking. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Usually people don't take me for much of a cook, but I've been cooking since I was, you know, eight years old. My grandmother taught me how to make scrambled eggs for myself before school. And it just kind of. Then mom was like, "All right, you're cooking dinner one night a week," and it <laughs> cascades from there. So, you know, I got a nice big spice cabinet. I'm pretty stoked about dinner tonight. We're gonna do a little grilled salmon with uh, some ginger mango mango chutney, a little cilantro and garlic, a little nice. lime. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time.
0: That's awesome. I um, I don't I don't even want to use the word chef near me near me, but uh, I do enjoy spending some time in the kitchen and cooking.
1: So. It's a good way to break down the day. You oh, know, if yeah. I had an hour and a half to spend cooking myself dinner every night and the money to buy new things to cook every day, <laughs> that would be amazing. Right? Unfortunately, there's so many times where I have to buy it in bulk and then I just crock pot everything on Sunday and then eat it throughout the week. That's my usual meal plan. Like, I'll just grow some chicken, cook some quinoa, and make some like, black bean corn salsa and just dish that up for the week. There you go. That actually sounds delicious. It gets the job done. Yeah. Try to be healthy. When I send you uh, my buddy Ted's
0: info, you need to send any of the recipes you use for that stuff.
1: Yeah, I can definitely uh, send you a little spicing, little marinade tips.
0: I like it. I like it.
1: <laughs> one one I'll give you right now, though. Old Bay, cardamom, yeah. lemon, and garlic. Money. Chicken, seafood, either one kills it. Oh, excellent. We actually... We actually just went fishing on
0: Saturday um, and we, you know, we caught all these fish and then we got to bring all the fish home and they were, you know, gutted and cleaned for us and all this other stuff. So now I've got like four pounds of fish in my freezer. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm definitely going to write that down and uh, make myself a little marinade for, for, uh, for those uh, cutlets that I got in there.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Do it up, man. Uh, superpower.
0: If you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have?
1: This one is pretty straightforward for me. I would love to fly, man. Like, that would be so cool. Be able to fly, like... For sure. Think about, like, being, like, Green Lantern or something. <laughs> you know, you could just fly around in space. You go wherever you want. doesn't really matter because you got that cool ring. Do you, do you consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. You know, I, I'm... Sometimes yes, sometimes no. I definitely need my downtime to recharge. You know, I, I take a lot of solace in heading out to the parks and, you know, shooting sunset by myself in Joshua Tree and wandering back across the same, you know, mile and a half patch of land I do all the time. Complete darkness. Somehow I find my way, and it's nice to be out there by yourself at the same time. Hanging out. I'm a tour guide, right? I talk to people for a living. I definitely th- thrive on that social interaction.
0: Okay. Okay, I can see that. Flying makes flying makes sense for you. Um I always try to connect people what they choose for superhero uh superpower with kind of the type of person they are. Uh, okay. and I definitely think flying fits for you. It's 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 showy and it's flashy and you can get a lot of attention kind of like being on a tour guide where you're having all this interaction and you're kind of like the center of attention. People are paying attention to you. But then you can also go high enough where no one can see you and you've got your alone time. Yeah, so that's that's a good summation of it. Yeah. So you and I probably drink more beer than your average bear. Let's let's be honest. Probably. <laughs> So, what is your current attitude towards fitness? Because you're a pretty decently fit guy.
1: I try to be. Thank you for the kind words. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. My attitude towards fitness, um, you know, that's essential. Fitness is important. I try to work out six days a week. I try to get, you know, something intense in. I try to get to an hour unless I'm running or doing some kind of cardio, uh, in which case that's tough to handle. But you got to stay fit if you're drinking all this beer. But I've also been pretty overweight in my life. I've been pretty out of shape. Um, so when you when you realize how hard it is to move and all the things you can't do, you know, it, it becomes much more important for you to keep going and push through. So always six days a week, I try to eat healthy, and that will balance out all this beer that I drink.
0: <laughs> so if I can ask, when did that shift happen? You said you used to be overweight. When did you kind of shift towards a more – Healthy lifestyle.
1: So when I was, ooh, I must have been 15, uh, is probably the most tragic thing that's ever happened to me, and simultaneously the best thing that's ever happened to me. I blew out my knee skateboarding. Okay. I tore not just the ACL. I tore the MCL, the PCL, the LCL. I tore some tendons. I mean, I I did everything you could possibly do. The resident for my surgery didn't believe I didn't get hit by a car. It was a pretty bad injury, and that kind of you know you don't I don't have a choice anymore. I've torn my ACL three times, and every time is refocusing. Yeah, I've had five knee surgeries. Wait, on the same one? Same knee. Dude, I need to give you the number of the guy who did my ACL. (laughs) So the the guy who the guy who fixed my ACL was actually one of the first surgeons to use cadaver tissue. Um, you know, definitely well respected surgeon. His name's Craig Bennett. If anyone's in the Maryland area, you need an orthopedic surgeon. This guy is an absolute rocket scientist, uh, fixes my knee up pretty well every time. I'm just really good at breaking it. <laughs> um, and the, the two times I've re injured it uh, were probably avoidable. Uh, so it's always, always refocusing to have that happen. But you know, that shift, when you have to stay in shape, you know, if I get out of shape, my knee hurts. When my knee hurts, it's hard to move. When it's hard to move, you know, what do you do with yourself? So having that and then re injuring it is always refocusing and, you know now as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna go do some more exercise. So I did my single leg exercises this morning, go get a little running after here, get a little ice, but that's always just taking care of it. You know, ice before work, after work. That was that was definitely when things kinda came around and as you get more active you realize, okay, I need to fuel my body properly, I'm gonna eat right. And uh you know a kines Major at Maryland, so all that kinda fell into place.
0: Yeah. And that's you're what, twenty five? Twenty six? Twenty six. Twenty six. That's such a great lesson to learn at such a young age. Most people don't
1: learn that until their mid to late forties. I was definitely lucky to have that happen. I mean, work ethic was something that I lacked before the injury. It taught me a lot about that. And before I got injured, you know, I spent a lot of time – I quit playing soccer for a year or two, which is one of my absolute passions. Um, you know, I didn't do much, didn't go outside very much. Hung out inside, played a lot of Final Fantasy. <laughs> a lot of Final Fantasy. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of 9. One of those weirdos that loves Final Fantasy 9. There you go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just – it got me out of the house. It got me more social again. It got me, you know, working, got me active, got me up and about. You know, I, everything – that I look at, this happened in my life to get me to who I am now. I think that was definitely the starting point.
0: Excellent, that's awesome. Um, The next question, maybe you already covered it, and if you did, fine, we'll move on, but when in your life did
1: you experience a failure? So I try not to see things as failure. You know, when you look at it as a failure, you're not really getting what you should from it. Everything should be a lesson. I think it was, uh, was it Winston Churchill? said success is bouncing from failure to failure without loss of motivation. And that's kind of how I try to see things. You take a lesson away from something and, you know, you have those setbacks, you know, tore my ACL again five years after the first time. And we had to figure that out. I couldn't run for a year. It was about nine months before I could have surgery. So I had a year where I just couldn't run, couldn't do much. Uh, then tore it again two years ago. And now we're back at it, refocus. And you always just try and take – take a positive from it. Don't let the situation be negative.
0: You know, and that's one of the common themes that I get from talking to people like you is, is the word, like, it's like the word failure isn't in their vocabulary because they don't define anything as a failure. It's just an opportunity to do something different the next time or something better or an opportunity to learn exactly Um, and if that's one thing i could get a tenth of the listeners of this podcast is just to eliminate the word failure everything is learning everything
1: is gaining experience you know exactly yeah that's definitely my outlook
0: oh man that's awesome Thank so. you. <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, we eat healthy. We drink, a, we drink a decent amount of beer.
1: Do you have a favorite cheat meal? Ooh, favorite cheat meal? Uh, You know, once a week, Game of Thrones comes around. We have a little tradition. We get Thai food with Game of Thrones. Nice. Uh, so I get the drunken noodles with chicken, get them nice and spicy, and just crush the entire order. Uh-huh. That's got to be it every week. It's just yeah look forward to my drunken noodles on sunday night
0: oh man that's awesome me uh my wife my father-in-law and i ordered thai food from our favorite place here in hollywood and watched a few episodes of the anime death note love death note dude i had never seen it before we're like oh we're three or four episodes in um like is it's some good shit
1: yeah (laughs) man it's it's wild it is wild Excellent.
0: Uh, since we're talking about Game of Thrones and cheat meals and beer, be honest, What do you? how do you feel about the Game of Thrones beers by OmniGang?
1: I've only had one of them. I don't remember which one it was. You know, <laughs> one of my old roommates, this was three years ago, probably four years ago in college. He was like, dude, try this Game of Thrones beer. I tried it. Um, I think I came around on Belgian beers. After, you know, getting real into the beer thing, but Belgian's not always my favorite. Oma Gang's not my favorite brewery. Not to say Omega Gang doesn't make amazing beer, they absolutely do. Um, I think the Bel- traditional Belgian beers aren't my favorite styles. I love the, the, you know, the Goose, the Lambic, all the Belgian sours, so the Flemish beers, the Reds and the Browns. Uh, anything tart from Belgium, you've got me hook, line, and sinker, Saisons. Uh, but I haven't had too many of the Game of Thrones beers. I should really look into those.
0: Okay. So, this is where I'm going to nerd out on you. Let's do it. Every time a Game of Thrones beer comes out, I buy anywhere from like two to four bottles of it. And here's why. I haven't enjoyed all of them. Some of them just aren't my style. But I will at least try to buy one for the season premiere... (laughs) Okay. I'll buy one for the season finale and I will okay. buy one to age until the final season. Ooh, that's a cool idea. And the final season, I'm probably just going to have an all-day marathon, open each one, maybe a two-day marathon cuz that's a yeah, lot probably of beer. I might
1: make it two with those Belgian beers, man. No, no, those are right? dangerous.
0: Um but I'm excited to see how some of them age. I'm excited to see how they've changed. Uh, but other than that, it's just – it's a fun little thing that I've decided to do.
1: Yeah. So, that, no, that's uh, and also – I'm if, into that
0: idea, man. If you need to catch up on any of their old releases, just stick around until the final season and then come over to my place.
1: Sounds like a plan. <laughs> I'm, I'm super down now. for that. <laughs> I'm super down for that. I, I do just want to let the listeners know I'm smoking Kenny on the beer thing. We're on beer number two. Although my uh, bottle is a little bit bigger, a little less alcoholic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yours yours is a bomber what? Uh seven fifty. Yeah. Okay, seven hundred fifty milliliters. Um at seven and a half percent. I am done with my twelve ounce bottle that is twelve point six percent.
1: Yeah, that's gnarly, man.
0: So it's it's a little bit heavy. Um, there was, I I had a bottle of the brewery's Black Tuesday that me and my father-in-law were going to break into, but we spent every day this weekend. It was so hot outside. Each day we were out in the sun. There was like a barbecue one day. We were on a boat the next day. And when we got home to enjoy this beer, neither of us were like, we do not want an Imperial Stout that's 20%
1: right now. Yeah, this is not the right Black Tuesday weather in Southern California. No, no,
0: it is not. So I'm, I'm I'm fairly certain that thing is gonna stick around until at least Christmas.
1: Yeah, it'll and it'll be totally fine till then. Twenty percent, nothing's getting in there that's gonna mess with your beer.
0: Oh yeah. Now, do you have a favorite mantra or motto?
1: You mentioned that one earlier by Winston Churchill, but I didn't know if you had another. I do. Um, c'est la vie is definitely something I wind up saying a lot. You know, such is life. And that kind of goes back to you can't let the situation be negative. You know, if shit happens, then deal. You know, that's life. You can't change what happened. You can only change your reaction to it. That's all you can control. So say love Let it roll off your shoulders. Right. It is. It's
0: yes, we all have thoughts about the way the world should be or the way we wish the world would be. But there is only one way
1: the world is. Bingo, and, and that's what you have to work with. Now I have been told by a young French woman that I'm using it wrong. <laughs> Apparently, it's supposed to mean it's fate. Okay. I don't. I can see. I think it's more of a maybe she saw it as more of a romantic notion, whereas it's maybe a little bit more cynical for me. But um, make make it work. We, you know
0: what? You can you can do both. Because think about it, if something bad happens and you're like it's fate, fate is asking you how are you gonna respond. Oh, good point. Good point. You know. Yeah. Fate has put this in your in your life to see how you're going
1: to react to it. Yeah. Bam. Well, we'll take it. I'll I'll let Marie know. Nailed it. There you go. <laughs> A LeBron from last night. Oh, dude. Um, I'm. I'm a little
0: bummed because I would have liked to see another three-peat, but that means Golden State would have to win again next year. But, you know, I'm happy the curse is over. Like, congratulations, Cleveland. That's why LeBron went home. Is it wrong that I think he's going to end up
1: on a different team in two years? I don't think so. I mean, prove us wrong, Bron. Like. Show us. Okay. You say you want to stay. I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. You know, he said he was never going to leave Cleveland, and all of a sudden he's in Miami. Then he's going to stay in Miami to win, not six, not seven, seven. not eight. <laughs> so, you know, now he's back in Cleveland. Show us, show us what you're going to do. Actions speak a lot louder than words on that one. So. Uh,
0: I wholeheartedly agree. And he's, he's, n- so far he hasn't exercised his player option. So he's in the last year of his contract. I have a feeling they will get something done. Oh yeah, but I'm I'm curious to where it's where it is going to
1: go. Yeah, I mean the there's only upwards to go with that team. That is a fantastic basketball team to be able to beat the Warriors, you know, on home court in Game Seven. That's impressive. I I agree, and
0: there's been a lot of articles about Steph Curry's choke job, and I'm like, you know, oh what? they definitely fell apart yeah you know shit happens Say la vie it's fate you gotta move on uh I was a little bummed because if they had won there would have been at least an argument that the 2015-2016 Warriors were better than the 72 and 10 Bulls yeah now it's Still no contest. It's still the 72-10 Bulls because they won the championship
1: that season. So, you know, I, and I kind of look at that that potential argument. Steph Curry is not Michael Jordan. Top to bottom, I think yeah. the Stubbs team is better. But you look at the top of that team. That Bulls team was fantastic.
0: Oh yeah, and I I just don't think you can put anybody anybody in the category of Michael Jordan.
1: Not yet, anyway. Yeah. Uh,
0: we, we, that, we haven't seen that person. Yeah. All right, man. So moving to current events, what is one thing you did to work out nerd out this week? One health fitness thing, one
1: nerdy thing. Uh, so the week is definitely pretty young still. One nerdy thing has to be Game of Thrones from last night. Uh, still just like, wow, what an episode. I've been talking to everybody about it all day. Uh, and then one fitness thing. Today's been a slow day. My college roommates were in town last week, so I didn't get to the gym as much as I would like. Uh, so just refocusing on the knee. Got the single leg exercises in. Got to make sure we take care of it. And once we're done here, I'm probably gonna get a little mile, mile and a half running just to cement the day.
0: You know, and you've actually inspired me. I I've had a, uh, a pulled hip flexor for a while. <laughs> Ooh. Um. Oh, I'm sorry, not a hip flexor. IT band. So. I've been slacking on my on my IT band exercises. After we're done here, I'm going to go get out the foam roller, do my foam rolling, do my single leg IT band exercises. There you um, go, man. You got to do it. I appreciate it. Now, so my workout nerd out, um, I didn't know if you knew this, but L.A. was in a power awareness mode today. So from oh, yeah? 9 a.m. till 10 p.m., They're encouraging people to not use their ACs. Okay. So I went to the gym at around 9.30 this morning, and the gym had their AC off. Ooh. No. I did not immediately turn around and walk out. I went in. I dealt with the stank. I didn't even think about that. And I got a half-hour workout in. Way to stick with it, man. I'm, I'm not a sweater. Like, I don't sweat very much. It's just a thing. I was drenched just because it was so hot. It was so humid because of other people sweating. It was just, yeah, oh yeah. But I got that half hour in. Um, I am not gonna nerd out on Game of Thrones. I'm gonna choose something different. I watched, uh, WWE's Money in the Bank last night. Oh, yeah? Uh, and I was super excited. My only issue was I was talking to my father-in-law, who's not a fan of wrestling, and, like, if we had to go back into the questions about what is one thing you're into that not many people would think, WWE is my answer. Okay. Um, but I told him how I thought the pay-per-view was going to play out, and exactly what I said would happen, happened. Nice. So I'm a little bummed that it was so predictable, but I'm super excited that that was the result. So you got what you wanted. You just maybe
1: wanted a couple twists and turns along the way.
0: Exactly. I'm, I'm actually very much looking forward to watching uh, Monday Night Raw tonight.
1: Which... Dude, my, uh, my freshman roommate in college was obsessed with WWE every – like doesn't matter what we're doing friday night like everyone would be in our room shut up we're turning on smackdown that's funny every friday like
0: like i i don't push this on anybody else although for 3 months straight a couple of my wife's friends always happened to be over at our place while the pay-per-view was on and so i'd yeah. be like you guys love wrestling you're just not being honest with yourselves there you go. <laughs> Don't figure it out one day. For sure. All right, man. Let's let's talk Green Flash. Let's talk Seller Three.
1: All right, like, I can do that.
0: Yeah. So, first, give us a little bit of a background on what Seller Three was. Why Green Flash decided to open up a complete separate
1: uh, facility for Seller Three. Okay. So, Seller Three, when we think about You know, Green Flash is Cellar 3, a part of Green Flash. is something attached to it. Cellar 3 is Green Flash's barrel-aged beer brand. And within barrel-aged beer, we have two different styles. So we have one kind of like what you're drinking, which is going to be a spirit-forward beer. You know, Prairie put that Imperial Brown into those rum barrels to make it taste like rum. They're after rum. You know, maybe you get a little oak, maybe not. Rum barrels are usually pretty old. But there's no fermentation happening inside those barrels. You treat beer like normal. Once it's done, you go ahead and you throw it uncarbonated into a barrel. Then we have the one that I'm drinking, which is you know, a Saison fermented out with wild yeast aged in white wine barrels. On this wild yeast, we call Brettanomyces. This stuff has very distinctive flavors. So when you're drinking sour beer and you taste those kind of funky, earthy, barnyard notes, might be a little leathery, might be a little clovey, that's what Brettanomyces does. And in addition to having all these distinctive characteristics that it creates – this stuff is insanely hardy and aggressive. If it gets inside something porous like a barrel, it's not gonna come back out.
0: Yeah. And real quick, Britannomyces, for, for those who might be somewhat knowledgeable but not too knowledgeable,
1: that's Brett.
0: There you go. So, yeah, Do yeah. Do you see Brett, Brett, Brett on a
1: package. Yeah. Alright. So and we'll just call it Brett from now on, because that's you know, our buddy Brett's way easier. So <laughs> There's so many places for Brett to just take hold in the brewery and not leave. Brett's like a bad party guest, you know. You let him into a little too much, and he's not going anywhere. So, you know, <laughs> any any seals on our tanks or bottling line, any hoses that we use, anything that's rubber or plastic, vinyl, anything like that that's porous, we could have this stuff take hold in it. And all of a sudden, if we don't know it's there, it's getting into all of our beer. And all of a sudden we're putting beer out the door that may be infected with this yeast that we don't want there. And we're winding up having to dump, you know, a lot of product and replace a lot of our system. And we're ruining our reputation with, you know, you guys, the people who drink our beer, in addition to our business relationships with our customers, so our accounts and our distributors. And that's something we're really not interested in doing. So with Salary 3 and the actual physical location, we took anything that uses that wild yeast, that Brett, and we moved it, you know, 10 miles down the road in Poway. It might not even be 10 miles. It's like a 15-minute drive. Uh, and so that facility is all about making these wild sour beers. And that's what we're all about over there. So anything spirit forward kind of like what you're drinking, Kenny, is what we'll keep down at the brewery. And you see some of those barrels when you go in and check out the tasting room over there. But Cellar 3, we have a nice little collection, about 800 mostly red wine barrels, just hanging out with some funky sour beer in them. And they were delicious when I got to try the few that I got to try. Um, when I was there a couple weeks ago, yeah. Our Barrel Master's doing some really good stuff. Uh, a lot of fun beer, and you came by right after our first anniversary party, so we still had a bunch of fun beer on from that. Uh, but I'm seeing what he's putting in the barrels right now. We got a lot of fun things going on. Yeah, can you talk about them at all? Can you, like, uh, so we have, yeah, yeah, we can talk a little bit about it. So we have a series of beers called Natura Morta. We take our base stays on. So if you're ever around San Diego, you see Beach House Ale. That's what I'm talking about. And we take that, we put it into large oak fermenters called fooders, or we use them as fermenters. You can age wine in them as well. But that's where we start our fermentation with the wild yeast. We transfer it off into red wine barrels. And when we do that, we add in a fruit puree. So we've had a couple bottle releases with that. We've had plum, cherry, and then boysenberry just came out. And the way we kind of start with new fruits is we'll do a couple barrels, you know, maybe two to 10, and then we'll do a smaller batch so 25 to 30. Uh, I think one of everyone's favorites over the last year or so was blood orange. Yeah. We had we had two blood orange barrels, and uh, so we just got a pout the other day of some blood orange puree, and there may or may not be some blood orange puree with some saison base and some red wine barrels sitting in cellar three right now. Ooh. Uh, Ass. That'll be done in about a year, about nine ten months.
0: All right. So nine ten months. From
1: June. So April. Okay, I'll plan my trip. There you go. Uh, so we got a good bit of that going on, um, but then we just uh, we just bottled our block tart barrique, which is our sour blonde, which is a fun one. Uh, we have a bunch of different vintages in that, so we've built up enough barrel aged beer. The longer these things go, the more complexities they build. And so we've got a ton of different batches in this beer and a lot of layers to a lot of complexity. It's going to be a really fun beer once it comes around to the bottles. Well, and
0: speaking of really complex, really fun beers. Um Last night, no, I'm sorry, yesterday, yesterday afternoon, before, before we went out to this, this barbecue, my father in law and I busted open a bottle of Phantom Carriages Cellar Blend Volume 1. Ooh, the cellar blends are fun. It, it, when we first opened it, both him and I were a little hesitant. We were like, okay, I don't really know what's going on here. And it's a very complex beer. It's got old and young sour blonde ales. It was aged in red and white wine barrels. And so you've got all these different categories. And it was just, it was super complex, super funky. But then as it warmed up a little bit, it got, it,
1: it was more <clears throat> enjoyable. I think that's the thing with a lot of these beers and you're looking at a very similar project with Blanc Tart Barique that'll be out in a month or two. Um, you know, you take these, you get them cold and you can't taste them as much. So usually, you know, I have my cellar right behind me it's set at 53 degrees so it doesn't get too warm. Cellar temps right around 55. Most bottles recommend serving around 50. So when you're pulling it out of the fridge, it's actually going to be a little too cold. Oh yeah. Um, I think the first experience I had with that was uh lost Abbey's red poppy uh for those of you haven't had it it is a bourbon barrel aged sour cherry beer and it is out of this world but there's so much to it when it's cold you just can't get a lot of it you can't get you know the rich oaky notes you can't get a lot of the cherry it's just kind of tart and you get a little fruit a little bit of the bourbon not a whole ton so you know once it got to the You know, maybe last three or four sips, I was like, oh, wow, this is a great beer. (laughs) And uh, so proper serving temp is definitely important with those. You always want to let them warm up a little bit.
0: Oh, no, absolutely. Or, you know, take them out of your cellar or wherever you're keeping them at the right temperature. Absolutely. Yeah. And and for some people who might not be as experienced with craft beer – Who might enjoy their beers ice cold? You know, their American adjunct light lagers, their Miller lights, their Coors lights, their Bud lights. The reason those things have to be served so cold is because the flavor, once it warms up, is not good.
1: Yeah. I mean, no, they're they're most certainly not.
0: Or it's, and so I'm not, I'm not talking bad about those beers that'll come on a different podcast Uh, um no it's it's some beers are meant to be served at 32 to 40 degrees some beers are meant to be served between 45 and 50 degrees some 50 to 55 degrees and it's just the proper serving temperature for
1: your beer absolutely yeah absolutely I'm going to backtrack for two seconds. I don't think, uh, Red Poppy's bourbon barrel aged. I'm just out in the ether for a second there. Such so as an oak barrel aged ale, but okay. wonderful beer nonetheless. Uh, but back to the serving temp thing, that is absolutely crucial. You know, a sour beer, you think something like, uh, like a Cantillon Goose would be better, a little cooler than something like a brewery Black Tuesday. Yes. You know, Black Tuesday, pull that sucker out at 55 degrees. It's right where it needs to be. It's going to warm up more. It's going to hang around your tongue. It's going to be rich. It's going to be big. And you kind of want it to be that way.
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm excited for when um, my uh, – my, me and my wife just bought a new house and we, we moved in about a month, month and a half ago. And I'm super excited for when she finally allows me to buy my uh, beer fridge, my beer cellar. Because that thing's gonna be hovering right between 50 and 55, and I can just take out my beers, drink them right then and there, and they're perfect. Yep, that's been one of the best investments I ever made. Oh yeah, I have, I gotta share this story with you. Um, my buddy John's gonna be so pissed that I shared this story. So I was I was moving from Phoenix to LA, and I have this little this little six bottle. <laughs> six bottle beer cellar. Like super tiny, whatever. So I'm like, Hey I'm I'm moving, do you want this? And he's like, Sure. Okay, buy my beers one night when we go out and we'll call it square. So it's in my back seat, I pick him up and I go, Oh, do you want to move the beer cellar? You know, my little six bottle refrigerator inside before we start drinking. And he's like, No 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 no, I'll get it after, we'll be fine. So, him and I go to the bar, have a couple beers, you know, he drinks more than I am, because I'm the DD, you know, being smart and sensible about it. Reasonable. So <laughs> then, we're, we go back to his place, and I get the beer cellar out, and he's like, oh, no, 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 give it to me. And so I'm like, okay, I give it to him. And he fucking drops it.
1: Ah. <laughs>
0: The door oh, man. the door breaks off, the glass shatters. Oh,
1: there's no salvaging that.
0: No, he okay. It was double pane glass, so so the one the first pane was shattered, the inner pane was fine. The temperature gauge broke, so he just hooked up a separate one. But for like weeks I was like, really? I told you. I told you we should have brought this in before we started drinking.
1: Yeah, you move the fragile things before the beers. That's so like drinking 101.
0: Yeah, John, that one's for you. Um, you've now gotten a shout out on the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. <laughs> there it is. And what's funny is I'm gonna be like, hey, me and this guy Zeke from Cellar Three, we're talking about beers. You should listen. And he's gonna get to this part, and he's gonna be like, what the fuck, man. So, yeah. All right. So, what are your. Where can people find Cellar 3 beers? Because you can find Green Flash, at least me being from the Southwest, you can find us almost anywhere. Find Green Flash anywhere in the Southwest.
1: You can find Green Flash in all 50 states in this wonderful country of ours. Cellar 3 is a bit of a different proposition. So, typically. When we do Cellar 3 beers, we keep a bunch of it for Cellar 3. So if you make the journey out to come see us, like when you came down, you notice we had all of our bottle releases going back to our very first one, say the anniversary special release. And that's very much by design. So you can come down, you can get the beers. Out and about in the wild, specialty bottle shops. And you know, usually events for bars. So if you have like a local craft beer destination that's a bar and they're having a sour event, Um, They usually have green flash on. Chances are they've got a keg of our beer back there, and they're usually waiting to break that out. Usually the kegs we send out, people sit on them. People break them out for a special event, special occasion, because we really don't have enough to send a lot out. You know, Typically, we're looking at two 50-barrel tanks, 100 barrels, so that's 215-gallon kegs worth of beer. It's really not a lot when you think about a batch of West Coast, which is two and a half times that. Oh, pretty yeah. much every time so you know look at look at festivals events at your local beer establishments and then specialty bottle shops because we do send some of those bottles out you know i've seen them out in about i've seen them in chicago um i've had customers tell me they bought them in florida and texas and virginia so select markets usually around larger cities is a good place to go
0: and do you guys have i'm assuming you guys have beers that you don't Bottle that are just on draft at cellar three. Even Absolutely. You, all right, yeah. So I was like, you can get you can get your bottles at cellar three, but there are going to be some beers that you can't get anywhere other than cellar three.
1: Definitely. On like um, on draft. Yeah. So a good example of something like that. We uh we just had a little extra of our plum sitting around. And so he did a little bit with, uh, so it's Natura Morta, that Saison I talked about with Plum, with Blood Orange and Strawberry. Ooh. Um, almost like a little tart fruit punch. This fantastic, you know, draft only kind of deal. Uh, so we just had the Blood Orange, you know, our first run, draft only, Natura Morta with Peach, with Blackberry, with Raspberry. Uh, these are all draft only beers. So when it starts out, if we only have a few barrels, we're not gonna bottle it. That's not really gonna be very much. Uh, we got to get up to, you know, at least 10 to 20 of those suckers before we can bottle off something. Like we have our Barrel Masters Reserve Series, which is a limited release small batch, you know, 600 to 1,800 bottles typically. And we'll put out batches like that. But anything you want to see, if it's in its first stages or just something we haven't done too much of before, it'll be on Drafted Cellar 3.
0: All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I highly encourage any – well, first of all, if you're a beer person and you are not making a trek out to San Diego, what's wrong with you? Um, San
1: Diego is the beer mecca of the United States. There we go. People from Portland won't like that, but uh, definitely a robust scene down here in San Diego.
0: No, I don't get me wrong. Love Portland beers. Love Washington beers. Oh, who beers. doesn't? I'm. I fuck. I just said Portland, Washington. Portland, Oregon beers. Apparently that 12.6% is messing with me.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it on this uh, <laughs> 750, the 75 over here. So. There you go, man. Don't don't worry about it too much. <laughs> Plus Washington also makes good beer. There's some great breweries up Washington in
0: Washington. Does make good beer. Um, Michigan,
1: Michigan, no slouch. Like. Michigan, the Northeast. I mean, there, it's it's going on everywhere. Like. I I I'm gonna be a little bit of a homer.
0: Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, a lot of good breweries coming out of the Phoenix metropolitan area.
1: A lot of great breweries come out of Phoenix right now. The beer scene out there is doing really well.
0: I oh god I had I had some visions, man. I had some dreams about the. Uh, I was gonna open up a place called the Scottsdale Beer Park, which was just gonna be like a craft beer commune where like. Twelve breweries would get together and share space, but each would still be their own separate entities. Anyways, it was a badass idea that never happened because the property I wanted never went up for sale. Uh, yeah, that'll that'll do it. Right? Stop you in your tracks there. Bummer. No. So if, if you are coming out to San Diego, swing by Cellar 3. It's well worth it. It's good, interesting, unique, creative beer. So that's me gushing all over Cellar
1: 3. And to speak to that just a little bit, uh, you know, we're maybe 25 minutes from downtown San Diego out in the foothills, so it's going to be a nice, pretty drive out. You come down, you have some beers. We've got 14 barrel-aged beers on tap. We've got a bunch of your Green Flash Brewing beers on. We have a bunch of Alpine Beer Company beers on. Really nice balanced tap list. We've got a food truck every day. We've got an art gallery going on in the place, and the idea of it is, it is our art project. You know, these beers are art. So, you know, we really love for all you guys to come down and share that with us. So, we're open three to eight on Wednesdays, twelve to eight Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and from twelve to six on Sundays every week. Closed Monday, Tuesday. Closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. For sure. All right. And
0: that's you you absolutely reminded me of something I wanted to talk about. Green Flash brews some of Alpine stuff. That we do. Yeah. Um can you tell us a little bit about that? Like who is Alpine? What are
1: you brewing for them? Alright, who is Alpine? Alpine is uh Alpine is Alpine. Alpine beer company is out <laughs> in Al- Alpine, California. Uh, it'll take you about 35, 40 minutes to get out there from downtown San Diego, uh, right out the eight between, you know, after going up the mountains over towards Phoenix or Tucson. Uh, Alpine's known for making fantastic hoppy beer. And, you know, people at the top of our company, in addition to theirs, have been friends for a long time. Uh, and we got to this point where Alpine was looking to make some more beer and kind of expand their operations. So we were helping them out with that and they were brewing some beer in our facility. And it got to the point where it made sense from a business standpoint for them to come on full time. So we brought Alpine on board. They are part of the company. So Alpine and Green Flash are one company. But for all intents and purposes, they are kind of their own thing and they do what they want. They have a lot of input with their beers. So whatever we make for them, which is those large production batches. Uh, So beers like Nelson, you know, there's been a lot of complaints about that. But it took us a while to figure out how to dial it in. And we always work very hard to make sure that the beers are up to their standards for what Pat and Sean McElhinney want them to be. Uh, but beers like Duet, Happy Birthday, uh, we've been doing a little bit of the pure hoppiness this year. Yeah. So we're just trying to help them make more of their beer and share their beer with more people because that's been a real problem for them. You know, They haven't been able to keep their own beer for years now. You know, They make it and it's gone. So we're trying to help them have a little bit more so everyone else can try it as well.
0: Well, and one of my things, I I first discovered Alpine. I used to work, I used to, uh, I lived in Phoenix, and then three days a week I'd be working in Yuma, Arizona, which is right along the Arizona uh, California border. And on the weekends, I would just drive up to San Diego, and I would always stop at Alpine. And great beers, I think, green, and then, you know, when I started seeing it in bottles, because you know they became a member of the green flash family i was really excited i was really happy yeah a couple a couple bottles here and there weren't what i had remembered they weren't quote unquote bad but they were good and anytime you increase a recipe to mass produce something you got to do some some tweaking and it takes time to learn how to make that same product in a lower quantity is to a big quantity.
1: Absolutely. And the thing you have to realize is that a brew system, so a brew house is a lot like a guitar, right? I can take two Fender Jaguars, but the wood doesn't reverberate the exact same way. They won't sound exactly the same. Two brew houses aren't going to do the exact same thing. So to take it, transfer it off one that's completely different. You know, Alpine has an old system up there. We've got a brand new it's state of the art built for us down at green flash to figure out how to do that, scale it up about five times and quintuple batch. It has been a big challenge and that's something our brewers are doing fantastically with all the beers are amazing. Um, you know, Nelson, which is Alpine's big beer, a beer that I don't particularly like that much. It's not that Nelson's a bad beer. It's a fantastically made beer. Not my thing. There are batches where even I can't turn it down. I'm taking home a growler and Nelson and people are like, is the sky crashing down? What are you doing right now?
0: Well, and it, that's just because different palettes have different tastes.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, so, basically, what I'm trying to say, is sometimes it's just it comes off and they they nail it, and you kind of gotta say, all right, yep, I gotta have a few of those. And so it's been a it's been a fun ride, and those guys are awesome. We love having them around. You know, going up to Alpine as well. If you guys haven't been up there, everything's been redone, so the tasting room's a lot bigger. The pub is a lot bigger, so you know, no more waiting an hour and a half in line for sit at a 35, <laughs> 50 seat pub. It's nice, big. You know, you can walk in, and sit down at the bar. You're gonna be able to sit down and eat. The food's fantastic. The new tasting room is really nice. They redid the whole beer garden behind it. I mean, it's a great experience going out there now. That's awesome. That's not awesome. that it wasn't before, but well, no. it's a little more accessible these days.
0: Well, there you go. And the one way you can. Convert people to good craft beer is creating more room for them at good craft breweries. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. There you go. All right, man. I have taken up, oh gosh, over an hour of your time already. So in, in wrapping up, do you have a go-to nerd or fitness resource or app or anything that helps you fulfill your goals either with working out, staying connected to Game of Thrones, or even like helping you brew beer, or helping you drink
1: beer. So I've got two fitness apps that I love. One is Runtastic, Uh, so it's just a run tracker. It tracks you know duration, it tracks distance, speed, pace, uh, elevation gain, all that stuff. So it's all nice, I can look at my history, it's right there for me. The other one I love is just called Interval Timer, and that is exactly what it is. Use my interval timer all the time, it's great, you know. Plus out a little five-minute circuit when I come home from work just to cap off the day. Maybe work off like half of one of those beers. I <laughs> uh, love those two.
0: <laughs> awesome. Excellent. And where can
1: people connect with Green Flash, seller three, and you? Uh, so Green Flash and Cellar Three is as easy as searching for Green Flash or Cellar 3 on your social media platforms. You know, we have Twitter, we have Facebook for Green Flash. Uh, Seller, we have Instagram for Green Flash as well. Seller 3 has its own Instagram, so you can check us out there. Uh, we just kind of give you an idea what we're doing over there. Uh, as far as me, you can find me at that's jpeyton27. That's j p e y t o n 27. And you might find some fun behind-the-scenes things that we're doing at Seller 3 on there as well. Try to give people a little glimpse into what we do, and then all the other ridiculous things I do, so you see a little bit of my photos and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Are you are you on Untapped? I am on Untapped. It's the same name, 2 27 oh, I can't say that I use it very often, but <laughs> I am on there. It's so hard to keep track of. And once you have like two beers, you kind of forget you're supposed to check it on your phone. Oh, yep. see, I never,
0: I never forget. I'm so like untapped oriented. I'm just like,
1: I need to check in all my beers. All right. Oh, usually I'm just like, wow, this is delicious. What else is going on around here? Let's <laughs> talk to those people.
0: See, I do that after I check in my beers. (laughs) I'm going to have to get better about it. Eh, No worries, man. All right. And to cap things off, what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast? I think
1: uh, the main thing I would want to leave with you is that life is a balance of work ethic and remembering that some journeys aren't about the destination. It's about how you're getting there and what you're doing to get there. And that's been a big thing for me in my life.
0: That's Awesome. All right, Zeke, man, it's always a a pleasure talking to you about beer, about life. Like, I feel that it's just, we're like
1: the same person. (laughs) I hear that. Get a little cheers at the end of the show. Cheers, bro. Cheers. So,
0: thank you so much for being here. We absolutely appreciate it. Everyone else listening, thank you so much again for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. We love having you. We'd love to hear any feedback you have, so hit us up on social media or reviews on iTunes. Other than that, y'all, workout nerd out.